Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church of Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. You can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Russ brings us a sermon called Serving with Hope. It looks at how Christian service is the Spirit of God, working through the creation of God towards the future of God, the new creation of Christ. It comes from Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37. Hey, I'm doing a sermon this morning on service. You've heard that already, and I need your help. It's a little unfinished. I pretty much know what I'm going to need to say, but it's this graphic that I do. We do this now because online we have to put a graphic together that represents somehow the sermon when people go on to listen to the recording and all. And and this one works. It's pretty good. But about halfway through the week, I wondered if maybe I was on the wrong track. And so I may need some some help here. It's, It's not that it's tricky. Serving's not that tricky. And it's pretty straightforward. It's even one of our four, you know, great questions around hope and what it means to be the people of hope. It's one of the great questions we have. We've talked about with whom do you gather, what's your practice of prayer this week. It's a simple question. Where is your place of service? And we know that service is essential. We already know that. We know that Jesus came to serve and not to be served, as Jesus said. We know that the very appearance of Jesus is God serving and emptying himself and God's self in service. And that service is even good for the soul. People inside, outside of faith have the same experience about service. It's pretty universal. We know that already. We know that in here, however, that DNA of new hope is service. We talk about a place where people find a home, build a life, and make a difference. That's service. If you go into the fellowship hall, you'll see our five values, and one of the values is we find our joy in service. So all of that's pretty straightforward, and we know that. And yet, and yet, if we're honest, if we're honest, when we think about service, and when we think about talking about service in October of 2021, in the midst of a pandemic still going on, and the polarization that just seems to be getting worse, and people are weary. I'm wondering if a better graphic might be this. When we're talking about service, I don't know, what do you think? It, it may be a little bored, yeah, we've heard this. Maybe, I don't know, undertones of resentment. Do we have to go through this again? Do we have to? Okay, we have to, so maybe it's better like this. It's like, well, it's kind of like vegetables. Service, you know, is the cauliflower of Christianity. Uh, It's, you know, you're supposed to do it, like you're supposed to eat your vegetables, but not terribly exciting. I mean, it's Pastor Appreciation Week, so we have to listen, but still. (laughs) We have to. Maybe a little more troubling and maybe even a little more accurate would be another graphic that came to mind this week in that rather than just being something dutiful, uh, maybe it just feels overwhelming. How many people got up this morning and said, wow, I don't have enough to do. I need something else to do today. (laughs) How many people got up this morning and and you don't have to stand like Allie had you do. You just kind of, you know... How many people said, I've got so much energy and I am so on top of everything, I'm ready for some new problems to solve? Yeah. 
I didn't see hands up on that one either. How many people do I am, how many people would think I am doing so well at coping through all of this? I'm ready to take on something really hard. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. So the question is, what kind of a graphic should we use on a day like today? What should, how should we approach this subject of service? Because if that's what service does when we hear it in this time, if it either bores us or burdens us or just overwhelms us, then maybe we would be better just to put a pin in it and say, let's come back to that when things are normal, when things are going better. What is it about service that would be so compelling that it needs to come up now? And, and particularly, what's the connection between service and hope? That's why I chose this passage that we have in front of us today. A portion of it's up here on the screen. Because there is something that is going on here, including the context that this is not a time when things were normal. This is not a time when things were going well. This is one of those unique times, those slices, those moments that are frozen, and yet somehow, as the Bible often does, you're taking those moments that are unique and somehow being able to inform what is going on right now. The community of believers was one in heart and mind. None of them said, this is mine, about any of their possessions, but everything held in common. The apostles continued to bear powerful witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and an abundance of grace was at work among them all. An abundance of grace was at work among them all as they were serving one another. Service wasn't one more thing on the list. Service wasn't a program. Service was a mindset. It was how people approached everything that they had and so maybe Maybe this is the graphic. Maybe if we're talking about serving with hope, maybe it is a mindset. It's a light that needs to turn on so that we begin to see things that this is not something added on. It's natural. And it's not even something that they were doing. This grace that was among them all, it was how God was working in and through them. That service is the spirit of God working through the creations of God towards the future of God, which is a new creation beginning with them. So maybe it isn't anything else other than a light switch that needs to go on. And it isn't something that we have to shoehorn in around the rest of our life as there's time and energy. Maybe it's the thing that gives energy. Maybe it's the lifeblood of life itself. Maybe it's not what we do when the rest of life calms down. Maybe it's what we do and how we approach life so that the rest of life makes sense. Example, premarital counseling when I'm with couples and we talk about things, and one of the things we go through is the words of the ceremony. Big words, powerful words. Nobody expects people on the day of their wedding to be thinking about the words they're saying. If they can just kind of nod their head and kind of get through it, great, that's a home run. But it, these are really good words, and so we always step back and say, so what do, you, what do you see with these words? 
What do you see when we have the words that we come with that, that you're promising yourself in all love and honor, in all faith and tenderness, in all duty and service, to live with and cherish according to the ordinance of God in the holy bond of marriage? What, what are we saying? And we just kind of pick out some key words. And typically, typically, if there's one section that people say, can we just kind of leave that one out? It's this one, in all duty and service, because this is sort of like the cauliflower of the vows. It's like, yeah, but you know, this is about love. And, and, and so we just kind of, we step back and we talk about what, do you, what kind of things come to mind when we think of duty and service. What's the picture that shows up? There was a, someone talking years ago, I remember them talking about adding up all the things that we do just to maintain ourselves. Sleeping, eating, preparing food, the, the time we work so we can make sure we've got a place that has, you know, something over our head and cleaning and washing and all, and all those things. And they said, listen, if you have at the end of a day, of an average day, one hour that's free and clear, you're doing pretty well, right? So that means that 23 out of 24 hours of every day is devoted to this kind of duty and service stuff. Someone's got to feed the dog and unload the dishwasher and put the dishes in. Someone's got to make the coffee, pay the bills. Someone has to do that because if we don't do that, if we don't make that part of who we are, all the rest of the vows and all the rest of, of romance and, and, and all the rest of the, the flowers and the, and the candlelight dinners, that kind of goes shallow and empty, hollow, pretty quick. Allie talked about the ways that we show up and that each of us has our own way of showing up. I don't know what you stood for, but a couple of those, it was like, oh yeah, yeah. And I, and I certainly have seen that around here. And the great secret of service is that maybe, just maybe before it becomes something big and mind-blowing and earth-shattering, it always starts small. It is not even so much what we do, but how we do it. It's how we show up at this life. This, this quote is, I think, gets to that. It says, I'm only one, but, but I am one. I can't do everything, but I can do something. I will not let what I cannot do interfere with what I can do. Listen, overwhelmed and rushed and thin people, what is it that we can do? And that is the question that is in front of us every day. We don't have to go halfway around the world. We don't have to go halfway across town. We're talking about just across the breakfast table or in line. What is the need that we see that's right there? And what's the mindset that we bring that serves it? Because maybe, just maybe, that's what this is about. Maybe that is what was going on. And as we make that a mindset of seeing a need and then serving it, then, then it starts to become a lifestyle. Maybe this is the right one. That service is something that is portable wherever we go that we show up and are ready to somehow embody love and service and, and justice and serve wherever we are, doing whatever we can. Where are the places that you will see today 
Who will show up today in your world? And what are their needs? And how will we respond? When we do, that lifestyle can become large. That's what happened in the early church. There were no needy people. There were so many different ways that people showed up and took care. Here's a need. How can I serve it? Here's another need. How can I serve it? It was a mindset. It became a lifestyle. It became a movement. Those who owned the property or the houses, they, they brought them and they brought the proceeds from the sales and they placed them under the care and the authority of the apostles. Wow. And it's easy to go, I couldn't do that. That's not the point. This is more the point of what happens when people make service and understand that service is a lifestyle. It's a mindset that goes to a lifestyle. It could become a movement. This isn't a template for what we're supposed to do today, but it is, it is a great example of what happens when it becomes part of the mindset of a community that true Christian service is grounded in. It is directed towards, and it's captivated by hope. There are other ways, of course, to live life. So maybe, maybe the graphic we should use is this one. That service is a wager. That every day you and I wake up with a set of chips. We have so much energy, so much time. And how are we going to move them and do, what are we going to do with them? Service is a way of saying, I am betting that that resurrection thing is real. That God really is up to something. And this isn't, I'm not going to end up at the end of the day feeling like a fool at the end of my life. Because I gave myself to something that wasn't there. I should have just held my chips closer. Maybe it's crazy. It's crazy to do this. Here's what the apostles thought. The apostles continued to bear witness to the resurrection. That's what it was. It was, they were saying, this isn't something we're doing on top of. This is what God and the resurrection of Christ is doing through us. And it did get people's attention. And it is a wager. So maybe, maybe the right one is this. It is still a wager, but you're holding a really good hand. And maybe the question is, are, are you crazy to serve and to give yourself away and, and to be looking out after other people, to be a part of a community that's encouraging you to do that, to give your money away, to give your time away, to give your energy away? Maybe it's crazy. The apostle would say, you would be crazy not to. When you're holding the hand that you're holding, when we are people of hope, when we are the people who are talking about the resurrection and the life of the resurrection, working through us, then maybe the only thing that's crazier than trying that is not. True Christian service is grounded in, it's directed towards, it is captivated by the hope of what God is still doing. And our problem may be not that we are expect that hope is too big and we're asking too much, but that our God is too small. Because service has somehow become something that we have to do on top of everything else. It has to be that we generate the energy. We have to generate the goodwill. Rather than open ourselves up to what God is trying to do through us. Because that's what it means to be the people of hope. 
This sermon is unfinished. It needs a graphic. And rather than settle it, I'll let you decide what's the graphic for you this week. What's the picture that others will see when they see you? What's the picture you will provide? Not just where you will serve, but how will you approach this week? Because whether it is across the world, across town, across the breakfast table, service is still, is still the Spirit of God working through the creation of God towards the future of God the new creation, beginning with us, beginning with us. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. Go in peace and have a wonderful week.